your best bets monday nights and we're going to preview the arnold palmer invitational another elevated event on the pga tour review the honda classic uh do some live golf stuff might might throw in some nielsen ratings analysis preview the arnold palmer invitational like i said uh go through the odds uh give some best bets and uh see what else we can get into along the way um coming out of his darkness retreat uh, Scott Pieri. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> first time in a few months. Um, com- to be coming, out, coming out at the same time as Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what that says. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I don't either. Um, Johnny Strauser is here. Things were moving very quickly for you today at work, but we're here and I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I, I, glad to be here. Glad to talk about some golf and something to end the day on a good note. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ending the day on a good note yesterday was Chris Kirk, uh, first <clears throat> win in eight years. Um, I guess it had, I, I didn't realize it had been that long for him. I mean, he was one of those guys that came out and won, felt like every other year out of out of college. But I guess I realized it, I didn't realize it had been eight years. Um, I think everyone felt pretty happy. Feel good story. We all know what uh, I think. Johnny and I, you and I talked about a couple of years ago when he got you know when he when he. And that was such a clutch uh, performance at the Sony a couple of years ago for him to keep his card. Um, and now he wins at the Honda and overcoming all the alcohol issues, personal issues, um, real feel good win for the tour uh, on a week where uh, not a lot of stars played. I think this was kind of a best case scenario and it's a great tournament. Scott, what do you think? Uh, I, I caught a lot of the back nine on, <clears throat> on, um, Sunday and I had kind of bounced in and out in the uh, during the week a little bit. Some of the replays in the morning when I was working at home. Um, I, I tell you what, guys, the shot he hit on the final in the playoff. Well, first off, the shot he hit into the green on the seventy second hole. I mean, Johnny, tell me, was it a, was it three inches, four inches from hitting grass? I mean, that was awfully mm-hmm. close. I mean, yeah. he carried it pretty far on that line. I guess my question was. If it would have got over the water there, even if it would have went into the maybe the water on the other side, he would have dropped right there up and down for five. You know, it was a pretty unfortunate break. But for the shot he hit in the playoff is one of the best shots I've seen all year myself. I mean, to hit it like this or whatever it was. Um, and uh, the, the Cole kid is a fun story. Laura Ball was uh, somebody I remember. I don't know if I'm, I'm a little older than you guys, but. She was sort of that um, cutie pie that came out that had the, you know, the looks, the personality, the game. And I think she won a couple times early on the LPGA tour and was was sort of a budding star. She fought some alcohol, alcoholism and some things. And um, it, I didn't realize it was her son until they showed her on the, I think maybe the 16th green. She was sitting in the stand. So that kid's got some game. Mm-hmm. I think he could do okay out there myself. He's, he's not a very big guy and he doesn't hit it as far as a JT does, but man, he's got some kahunas. Yeah. That, that second shot by Chris Kirk on the 72nd hole, um, pretty wild. I mean, he had been hitting that slinging hook all day, his typical shot. Actually, both of those guys were no matter what the whole location is, they just played their shot. Um, you could kind of tell right when he hit the hit it 
hit it that that was just it just was left out there didn't come back hits the rocks almost hits that honda crv <laughs> in the middle of the lake which was almost just inadvertently awesome um but hell of an up and down from there to force the playoff uh cole had his chance there he kind of made a mess of it around the green but he still you know got in there with the par um johnny what'd you make of it what do you make of eric cole um coming up i mean all these wins on the mini tours and really fighting his way through the last couple of years what'd you make of it all well i mean i i think the two guys who ended up finishing in the playoff there i mean this two pretty remarkable stories i mean i i don't think you can truly you know understand or appreciate how amazing the 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 chris kirk story is um you know being the great player from georgia and and suffering through some serious you know mental issues um battling depression and alcoholism and just hitting what presumably i'm i'm sure was rock bottom um in his life and and he could have easily chosen a different path and it could have spiraled out of control and and you know never to be heard from again but for him to you know to 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 come back from that and play good golf and he, you know his his golf swing was great um you know his ball speed was up there he was hitting a lot of really good shots and even that shot into 18 was 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 not a wasn't too bad it just you know was the, probably the one that he wanted to hit that hard draw and it didn't work and then you look at at Eric Cole and you know from uh um you know from his upbringing and and um you know trying to find that uh that that moment in in his life on in his professional life you know winning an event or or contending or you know becoming a name like that and, and doing it you know th this is for for the like you said for the the type of field that this drew compared to these elevated events this was probably the the best possible scenario that could have happened and i i thought it was just i thought it was captivating i mean I mean, Eric couldn't miss a short putt down the stretch there. And, you know, in the playoff, you know, I mean, really could have made that thing. Um, I think it hit the lip there pretty hard there. So, you know, it ended up being all things considered last year that Honda is going to be the sponsor. And who knows of what's going to happen with this event going forward for for this to emerge and for these guys to meet in a playoff I thought it was great. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. And I've you know, ever since Chris Kirk came back and he finished uh, solo sit at Sony to retain his card and, and everything, I've been a big fan of him. And, and I'm a big fan of Eric Cole for the, the, the perseverance that he, he showed, you know, by just hanging in there and didn't quite, you know, you could tell he was nervous and his game wasn't quite there, but he was doing everything he could to, to make that playoff. And I, I, I absolutely loved it. Yeah, Eric Cole second in uh, in putting for the week. Uh, I heard forty nine out of forty nine inside five feet. Um, just kind of felt like he was going to make everything. I felt like he was going to make the one in the playoff. Um, but a really great story of just perseverance. Thirty four, thirty five years old, just grinding his way. He uh, got status on Corn Ferry in twenty twenty by Monday qualifying. Um, I mean, so just a real good story, someone to root for. And I think this is, this is 
again, best case scenario for the tour in a week where there's not a lot of stars, but really great stories, uh, guys you want to pull for. And the stakes really meant something for a guy like Chris Kirk trying to get back in the majors, guy like Eric Cole, you know, trying to basically solidify his spot on tour. So it really felt like it, the outcome mattered a lot, unlike another tour that we'll talk about later. Um, but <laughs> Also, in contrast to the other, the last non-elevated event we had at Pebble, where it was kind of sleeping, you know, Justin Rose at Runaway, and, you know, I can't think that was ideal for the tour, but this just felt, like you mentioned, Johnny, really captivating. So, I enjoyed it. Honda is, like I said, we talked about schedule casualty, unfortunately. Um I don't know if I love Florida golf as far as far as I think it's I don't know if it's the best test of golf, but it might be the most entertaining form of professional golf. You think about everything that can happen um, through the bear trap, bear trap, bear trap, bear trap, Paul Azinger, bingo card. Um, but the 18th <laughs> hole is just an amazing finishing hole for theater um, and a lot of different scenarios on the table. And we saw it on the 72nd hole. Um, so I don't know what I have as far as a question, Scott, but um, <laughs> I don't know your thoughts, your thoughts on the elevated events versus what we've seen so far, like at Pebble, yeah. we saw at Honda um, and the differing fields. You know, a couple of things when, when John, John was talking was what I want to say real quick is, you know, one of the things I think about Chris Kirk that I think he really, that really shows where he's at right now is he pretty much led wire to wire, to wire. he was darn close and he really didn't back up at all. I think we're going to see him keep playing well. I, I really do. And as, as far as the entertainment of Florida events, it's the hardest golf on tour. I mean, the hardest golf to go play for me right now would be okay go down to south florida and go try to shoot something in the 67 68 range versus going to the desert and doing something like that so that's why i think it's so entertaining is because it can be is you know it can be a disaster everywhere even hitting short shots around the green out of the bermuda rough but i think one of the things that's coming out of this elevated non-elevated thing and i think this is the first event that's really showing it is and i wasn't really thinking about it until i watched this weekend is it's exactly what you said. There's going to be situations where we're going to get a lot of underdogs playing for some real stuff, whether that's status, keep your card, um, trying to get inside the top, whatever in the world. I, I didn't really think about that when they were talking about elevated versus non-elevated, but we saw that this week. And I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. I agree. The Justin Rose winning at Pebble Beach was, eh, I didn't really watch a lot that Sunday, but, but I was dying to get on the back nine and watch what was going on this week because Eric Cole, to me, was just fast a fascinating story and fun to watch. Yeah. Johnny, I, I think um, some of the, I don't want to say rumblings, but some of what I heard or read about some of the mid-tier players maybe not being thrilled with the elevated versus non-elevated um, because of the access to the elevated events being maybe limited to a, to a guy like Eric Cole or even a guy like Chris Kirk. But I think this this last this last week in a Honda, I think it showed what it can do for those guys. It gives them a I mean just the like a higher likelihood of winning the tournament because the field strength is is there's just a crazy difference between those two. Well, Chris Kirk actually had said that he skipped Riv to go to Honda and and you know get acclimated to the time zone in Florida golf. It's a Bermuda everywhere. 
because he figured he'd had a be- better chance at, at finishing higher in that compared to, you know, that loaded field over, uh, um, you know, in LA. So, you know, I, I think with the elevated events, they're kind of at that, that testing stage though. I mean, this is, you know, they, they, they essentially just kept the same schedule and all the events that usually draw pretty big or all the ones that they like and everything, they just kind of elevated those ones and that's what they were going to do. But I think as they can kind of refine the schedule and they get a season to look at it or two seasons or, you know, just to plan ahead, they can, um, you know, they can better, better schedule these and, and, uh, you know, and then adjust who gets in the events as well, because yeah, you're right. You don't want, you know, you want it to be elevated, but you don't want to be exclusive. Now I know the the guys higher on the FedEx cup list and everything, they'll get the priority. So that boots those other guys, you know, further down the list and everything. So there is, there is that, I don't know the inner workings, you know, of how that, uh, of truly how the priority works and everything, but, you know, having them all close together, they've got to figure out something a little bit with the schedule here to allow, you know, these, these mid-tier events to be, to be a little bit more you know prevalent in the schedule a little more often, because it seems like right now, they're all great events right now. I mean, they, they really are. The West Coast swing was unbelievable. Florida is going to be unbelievable. And you want to elevate every single one of these things, but you got to figure out there's going to be some casualties and everything. And I don't think the tour truly knows what that's going to be and if they're going to keep the elevated events the same events or if they're going to rotate them and 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 uh, change them throughout the uh, you know the next couple of years. But it's still so early in it. I you know they they kind of reacting to how live golf did theirs with uh, you know with the higher payouts and everything and it was almost a reactionary thing and i i think they're just trying things and I, i'm sure it'll even itself out and and be a little bit smoother but you know we're kind of right now is we're just we as fans have to see how, how these elevated events are if there's too many of them too early are they really elevated are they real big events versus you know events like honda that are good events but you know are they really uh, are there enough of them right now to to kind of you know change the thinking and and get us more excited when we do see these bigger events? Yeah, the we mentioned it a couple weeks ago that this part of the schedule is arguably the best um, with just the amount of great tournaments we got. The API this week, we got the players. The following week, we got the match play in a couple weeks, all prior to the Masters, and we already we had Riv already, we had Phoenix, so. There's been this saturation of just unbelievable fields. But for me, it was kind of nice just to have a little bit of a breather from that and have some, like we mentioned, just just some other underdog stories, learn about these guys. Because, um, you know, with a lot of the defections to live, these guys, I mean, these stories still matter. And, um, you know, that's, again, we'll talk about a little bit more, but that's I think that's the difference. Even on a week where the field was arguably less and weak, weaker than live, I, I, this is just more captivating golf because it's more meaningful. Um, any other thoughts on Honda? Um, did we? Did you either one of you get to see the Cheston Hadley on course interview this week, Scott? Did you see it Saturday? Uh, I caught a little bit of it. I don't know if I caught all of it because I kind of came in. I think the middle of it. You didn't take it. Yeah. So it was. I, I don't. I'm not exactly sure what you're referring to. To be honest with you, with the with the interview, 
But um, oh well, they've. I don't know if you've been like the last three, four tournaments on CBS. You know, they did the Keith Mitchell on course interview. Yes. Uh, yes. Colin Morikawa and Max. They did the same thing with Chess and Hadley, but it wasn't quite as well done. On uh, it didn't interview. pop. It didn't pop. No. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what was what was great about what they did, what they did on CBS was uh, Trevor Immelman was really the guy that guided those. Really, the it was the whole analysis, how they played the whole, what's the strategy, what do you do with this pin or this wind, and they kind of go down this weird path of Chess and Hadley. I don't even, he was doing like a little dance out there talking about college days, and it was totally diverted from what CBS had established. Shani, I know you, <laughs> you saw a little bit of it. Yeah, you know, I think the CBS ones have been fantastic, and I know they've had more chances to do it but you what you really got to do in that situation is i think a lot of us want to know we we want to hear the player caddy interactions we want to know what the players are thinking at that time and a guy like trevor immelman i mean you just kind of let him cook and just talk him through strategy and that's what he did and i think that's what they've got to do with nbc is just let brad fax and just kind of start it handle it and get Dan Hicks as far away from that microphone <laughs> while they've got a pro there. Cause he is, he's too much of a cornball and he used to be not as much of that, but they yeah. got to just kind of let him not say a word and let, let the pros handle it and just have a golf discussion. I mean, we don't, don't care what the peacock dance or whatever stupid thing that they were talking about. I mean, some of that stuff is okay. You know, doing, in, in I think it's fine if, the, if, if it was just in a different arena, right? Absolutely. Be- it is. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, with that type of stuff, but we're, we, as, uh, as viewers, I mean, at least me, I, I want to know what, what he's thinking. If, if he's, as he's walking up the fairway, you know, talking him through, cause you know, I mean, that stuff is stuff to this day. I'm, I'm still mm-hmm. trying to improve on, not necessarily in tournament golf, but it could be a skins game with with my buddies, or it could be a a four ball match or something like that. You know, you just want to want to get into their heads, and 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 I think that's what the amazing thing about the CBS ones were. They really got into their heads as far as golf strategy, tournament strategy. But NBC's, you know, hopefully they they kind of get some feedback from it and do it. But I love that they do it. I love that they tried it after seeing CBS do it. I think this yeah. needs to be an every week thing. Um, I will watch it and, and, and love every bit of it, but yeah, again, they just gotta, gotta kind of catch up there. You know, I think it would be fun if they mic'd up maybe three or four different caddy player duos and get a little more organic and not trying to interview somebody when he's playing, but just kind of monitor them talking and get that player caddy interaction and the things that are being said on the golf. To me, I'd rather see that. Than yep. listening to Keith Mitchell how he plays the shot or you know he's trying to keep his voice down because the guy's playing near him and you know, you know it was fine but um yeah I, I I think the more organic kind of uh, player caddy interaction I agree with you Johnny I I think if they did three or four guys each round there's nothing wrong with that and I mean, you're gonna have plenty of footage it would be it would be yeah. really entertaining I thought the Morikawa one at, at at Riv playing the tenth hole was was really really good I thought he offered really good insight. Um, I saw on PJ Tour Live, I think it was Thursday or Friday, they they had a, an earpiece in Camilo Vegas's ear while he warmed up. I liked that. I thought that was cool. Just a five minute discussion while he while he hit balls and warmed up, got kind of got the perspective on what he does to you know before a round. Again, just trying new things. 
I, I think NBC is is there's now a gap. But I never thought I'd say this behind CBS from what they've established early on the season. Um, uh, as a coverage nerd, I've I've been really impressed with the 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 moves CBS has made, and I think NBC's got a little bit to catch up. I was doing my hot or my NBC bingo card. We got the you know the Paul Azinger mention of the bear trap every other minute. Um, you know pressure, pressure, pressure. He's so nervous he can't spit. Um, all the lines, <laughs> I was loving it. Um, couldn't get enough of, of that, but um, so we'll see what what's what NBC if they got any more innovations up their sleeve. Um, anything else from Honda guys? No. Nope. Best bets were uh, not not great. I did have Chris Kirk in my my uh, as a best bet as a top ten finish at plus three thirty. Um, Johnny had Chris Kirk over Matt Kuchar in a head to head. Sorry, Zach Fitzgerald. Um, and that's that's really all we came up with. Our win bets were pretty much a travesty. I'm quitting Aaron Wise. Uh, for quite a while until he shows me otherwise he's on my uh, do not bet list going forward um did any, anyone either one of you catch any of the the live tournament at mayakoba i did not no johnny i did i watched uh um a little bit of it saturday um on, during commercials of the uh the Honda, and I actually watched a, a little bit of it Sunday as well because I hadn't, I, I had watched a little bit last year, very very little, and sometimes it was during work, um, but uh, really wanted to get a feel for how the the presentation was, and you know with uh, um, you know with possible commercials and other little things that they do, and uh, was the my opinion on it was it's just, it's still weird. It's, it's, it's a bunch of golf shots from really good golfers, which is great. I mean, th there's no shortage of shots. It's a little bit less because they did commercials this time, but it's, it's still though kind of hard to follow the shotgun start. I still don't, don't care for. And I mean, I've, I've done plenty of those played four years of college golf and that's all we did was shotgun start. So, but it, these tournaments here, like, it just comes at you like they blow the horn and it TV is just throwing haymakers at you. Yeah. I mean, there is no introduction into this. It is just punch after punch after punch. It's just golf shot after golf shot. There's no like, there's no like just soft intro. Like, you know, if you watch ESPN plus, or if you watch the majors and you see early ESPN coverage of, of golf or masters.com, you know how they got the guys that tee off that are lower on the, the leaderboards there and they kind of ease into it. And, you know, you get to see the golf course, you get to see the weather, you get to see the pin placements, you know, you watch this stuff. So when the, when the, the leaders tee off, you're like, okay, now I got a pretty good idea of what the, what the gettable holes are, what the holes you want to be safe on. I mean, this is just like, boom in your face. And it is like, it's, it's a little overwhelming because it's kind of hard to follow if you're not like fully focused on it. And a guy like me, who's only watching it between commercial breaks and NBC does take their fair share of commercials. So there was a decent amount of it. Um, it is just, it's just there. And they, they, it's still, they, they, they force a lot of things like I think Jerry Foltz is good. I think he was good when he did golf channel stuff at LP, you know, we did the LPGA stuff. I think Dave, David Faraday was, was fine, you know, and I think his act is a little, little old, but they, they're getting even more extreme. Like they spent a good, like seven, eight, nine minutes during coverage on Saturday, talking about 
them wearing Speedos or seeing people on the beach in Speedos, and they're not really talking about the golf. And then they get really, really into the golf and like over embellish how good the shot was. And it was just, it's a lot going on. Yeah. It's just, that's, that's my, my general thing is it's, it's a lot of really good players too. And, and I mean, they're, you know, I, I expected them to be rusty. These guys are pretty damn good at this point. Um, you know, for not, not getting a lot of the, the tournament reps in, but it's just a whole bunch going on. And I, it doesn't feel like it's a golf tournament. It just feels just kind of like it's a whole bunch of golf shots and there was music and, and other little segments and, you know, yeah. and that's, that's about my big takeaway though, from, from that is not really, doesn't really feel like a, a didn't feel like the Honda. Right. Big one for the crushers though. The team winners. <laughs> yes. Yes. You guys were <laughs> slow on that one. <laughs> I saw, I saw the results. I saw that Charles Howell played well and kind of, lap the fellas but um did you did you get a chance to check it out what did you think i i did not i didn't see a shot this i i, I watched when dj won over labor day weekend i watched the whole sunday oh was that a sunday finish i think so um i gave it a fair chance and i, I don't really have many different thoughts than what johnny said and i've said this in every other podcast there's just no there's no context to what's happening out there um and you know we mentioned the stakes at the Honda. It just feels like there's real stakes. You got a guy like Chase Kepka who's got a guaranteed contract who couldn't 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 get status on tour. And um, you know there's just nothing. There's no competition like there is. Um, you know we mentioned Eric Cole's progression um, to get here through Corn Ferry and the competition week to week. And and there's just nothing. Those things matter to me as a viewer as a golf fan and. There's just there's none of that on live. Um, I, I you know I care about some of these guys. I care about DJ. I care about Cam Smith, um, Joaquin Neiman. I, I wish they were still on the PGA Tour, but there's not what they're doing at this point. It doesn't interest me enough to to, to tune into it. Um, I am all about the spectacle of it, though. Of following um, you know some of the, the social media stuff. I can't get enough of that. To be honest with you. Um, but I'm not, I'm just not a believer in the product. If the product was, uh, something that I felt like was a, a product that produced great entertainment and meant something, then I might feel differently, but that, that's, that's where I stand right now. Scott, I, I, we haven't heard any of your thoughts on it really, um, since I, uh, well, like the last time you were on, we, we kind of just talked about you and your career, but I didn't really get your lift live golf takes so i guess now's now's the time yeah i yeah i think you know when we talked about and we did talk about it i was talking a little more from the player side of things when it was kind of getting organized that i i didn't like the control factor of not you know of really hurting guys who were or who are independent contractors but i i I watched i didn't watch this week but i've watched a little bit too i think it's i think johnny hits on the head it's just a lot going on when you've got rolling scoreboards of players you got rolling scoreboards of teams and I, I i think if they made one change they might make it a little more interesting if they didn't shotgun on sunday their final round they went off in the order of score and made it more like a finish of a golf tournament so that you sort of play the first two days shotgun and in position and you know to get yourself into position and then you you play a normal kind of round of golf the last day i think that would that would help things myself because I don't care for the shotgun part of it either. As a spectator, I don't. I mean, it's just kind of, 
it's a whirlwind and and you're watching yeah, you know chaos. the best yeah you're watching the best score play one through 18 but again the guy that comes off 18 uh has to go back and play one you know it's just mm-hmm. it's a little goofy to me i think they need to figure out a better structure to finish the golf tournament with a little more on the line a little more of a cliffhanger and um but yeah. there's sure a lot of fun guys to watch play golf out there i mean there's a ton i got a dozen guys i'd love to see still playing the pga tour as of right now yeah that's the bad part and and, and i i've i i don't want to sound like a broken record to johnny he's been like oh guys going down this road again but scott since you haven't heard me say some of these things all yeah, of go down the rabbit hole <laughs> all the innovative things that that live was supposed to bring teams um mainly um, I, I feel like they've done, they've executed it poorly. We we still don't really know how the teams were formed. We don't know why Taylor Gooch left the four aces. Um, was it a contract dispute? Was uh, DJ making the decision as the captain? We have no idea. They screwed up the draft. Um, you know, all the things that could have made it interesting. I if If I watched this last Sunday, I still don't know how the team aspect totally works. Um, I'm, I'm not maybe I'm maybe I'm behind you guys. Maybe Johnny's an expert on the, the team aspect. I, I I don't know. But there's just so many things that were like, okay, this could be interesting. Team golf might be cool, but they've executed the marketing and the actual execution of it all so badly that it just kind of feels like it 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 it, it is on brand for a lot of their um I don't know clown show uh behind the scenes things that they've they've been about since last june um for lack of better terms so oh i i don't know i just feel like and maybe it's a greg norman thing i don't know maybe it's uh you know uh, the marketing team behind the league i just i feel like all the interesting things that that could have been have been handled poorly yeah they i did find out i think the team scores because I, I that was my focus actually that was my big takeaway. I was like Saturday, I gotta figure this out. I gotta figure out how they do the team scores. <laughs> it's it's your four man team. Each day it's the three best scores, kind of like high school, just like a multi day high school tournament. Okay, is they just take your three best scores and it's just an aggregate total. But um, you're right though. Is is there's a lot of opportunities I think that they could they could do with this, but they've lost a lot of guys in their their upper management that have that have suddenly resigned and. I, I still am convinced it's because of Greg Norman. I think either he has been given too much control or he um, or he just assumes he's going to make most of this, the decisions on it. And he's not letting these these people who, you know, the CFO, the CEO, I think both um, resigned within the last year. I mean, there's just a lot of things going on with it. And, and, and again, it's just, it. I don't know if they have him doing it if they don't have a mind that can that, that thinks about all these other types of factors um where it seems where, where it doesn't seem forced a lot of these things are they're just they they, they you know they're fake they're the, the announcers the the little things that they do the production it just all seemed like it was really trying to force fun golf down your throat and it just it, it that's why i think you know why it didn't work for me but uh again i just say you know what we'll see how this goes but you know if if they don't if they can't pull any money or make any money on this i can't imagine this is going to last more than you know another year or two you know because it's whenever the whenever the 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 the, the, you know the saudi decide to pull it i mean it's 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 done and and then that'll be the interesting thing 
You're absolutely right. I mean, and, and Scott, I, I said a few weeks ago, I, I don't know if they make it past this season or they'll make it to the end of the season, but I don't know if they, if this thing goes another year because they're losing so much money. Um, and, you know, something I read that uh, over the weekend that the, uh, you know, the PIF, the, the public investment fund that funds this, that if they're not seeing some sort of, you know, potential return down the road, that they'll easily pull the plug. I mean, they, that's how quickly this thing could go. And that's, I, I just don't know how they see this as um, a sustainable league going forward if they're losing as much money as that has been reported in the last couple of weeks in some of these articles. Yeah, I don't think it matters how much money you have. No one likes to take it in the shorts money wise, right? I mean, uh, I know they've got deep pockets. They can go for as long as they want to go, but um, I don't know, guys. I, I just I just don't have a feel for that as at this point myself, but um, I, I certainly would be surprised if it doesn't go, you know, maybe four or five years if they don't really give it a chance, but I, I think anything's possible at this point. All right, that's the the live segment of the week. Um, I I appreciate hearing where you stand, Scott, on it. Um, you know, Johnny and I, we've kind of we've been arm in arm on this thing since last June. So um, I think we we know each other's opinions. So it's nice to hear someone else chime in. Um, Arnold Palmer Invitational this week. Let's get to that. Um, uh, this tournament has been such a great tournament for a long time. We know Tiger dominated this thing for quite a while. I think went in eight times here um, at the Bay Hill Club and Club and Lodge, if I could speak. Um, long golf course. Uh, I think it plays about 7,500 yards. Um, you know, it's become really, really difficult the last two or three years, almost to the point where the players are like, this has gone too far. Um, firm greens, uh, thick rough. Um, and if it blows even a little bit, it gets really, really tough. Um, I don't know, guys. What do you think about this tournament, Scott? It's a beast of a golf course. I played it a long time ago. It's been, gosh, it's probably been 20 or 25 years since I've played there. And it looks absolutely brutal on, on television. I mean, the greens are brown. They're super bouncy. Um, I... I don't know how much fun it would be to go there and play for four days, to be honest with you. Florida golf is hard enough, you know? Um, so I, I listen, it, it always produces great champions. The scores are, isn't it? I, I, this is the thing. I, 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 if I remember right, I think the winning score last year was maybe 12 or 13 under somewhere in that ballpark. I could be wrong, but maybe in the last couple of years, isn't it? I, th I find it so amazing how good these guys are. They still, Managed to shoot great scores. Even when you watch, it looks like they can't even get the ball in the green on 17. And it seems like somehow they find a way to get it on the green and make two occasionally. It's, it's, um, I think it just showcases the best ball strikers and it'll do it again this year, I'm sure. Scotty Scheffler won last year at five under last year, Scott. Okay. All right. So, yeah. It, it did play, uh, just as tough as it has for a while. Um, Johnny. Besides, well, I want to ask you, there's a lot of guys that are playing this tournament that don't traditionally play this tournament because of the elevated status. Guys like JT, um, he's normally not here. Um, 
I don't think Morikawa normally plays this tournament. Um, I don't know about Rom either. If he's normally no, he doesn't play in it. So is this is this something that you're looking at at course history mattering this week? Guys like Rory, um, even like a Hatton who's played well here, Fitzpatrick. Those are some of these Euro guys play this course really really well year after year. The Euro guys do. I think because a lot of them are good good drivers of the golf ball, and with the deep rough. I think total, you know, stro- strokes gain, total driving is a is a big time stat. But I did see a tweet today. It said six of the eight past winners of the API um, have finished top five the previous season. Eight of the past eight API winners have recorded a T seventeen or better in the previous season, and the past twelve winners of this event have all played the API at Bay Hill the year prior and made the cut. So to answer your question, absolutely. I mean, th- this this one, you know, y- you normally would think a guy like John Rahm, you know, how we've we said last week, we're like, you know what? I think you got to just bet him every event. I, I think this is this event's going to be the exception. I think you need to um, this this golf course. I think really really shocks some some of these guys when they get out there because they, pl- they they harden up the green so much and the fairways are so firm and the rough is so deep that this is kind of their, you know, the, the, this is kind of a little bit of a shock for a lot of them. And I think if you don't have good, good vibes going into this golf course from your previous events that you've played in or played in at, at Bay Hill, I, I don't think you, uh, I, I generally don't 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 think you're gonna have a good you know good showing. I mean, for the most part. So when you look at it, guys like I know you know Terrell Hatton's a guy we've always picked. Um, you know, obviously Scotty Sheffer won last year, and Jason Day's played uh, well before. Um, I think we got to really look at the past couple years and and you know work off of that. Scott, I'm interested from your standpoint as as a player. Do you? If you if you feel like you're one of the better players in the field, do you want it to play tougher? Do you want the scoring to be three, four, five under winning score, or do you want it to be you know fifteen under? Well, I guess I guess it depends on maybe the individual player. I, speaking for myself, I would rather have a single digit win. Mm-hmm. I feel feel like I would have a better chance for sure because my game is getting the golf ball in play and probably you know uh, a shootout at twenty two, twenty three, twenty four under. Um, is maybe not my forte. Mm-hmm. So I would rather see it tough. Yes. I'd rather, I'd rather see the greens bouncy and reward, um, um, some smart play and some patience where maybe you're playing away from the stick a little bit and trusting your putter from 30, 40 feet. Um, that's probably more where I would want it. Yeah. And then see, I wonder a guy like Rory, I don't I don't know if that really fits Rory's game winning a four or five under US Open type uh grinded out affair. I'm I'm still not convinced Rory's that guy. Um very aggressive. Yes. Um I feel very like he, aggressive. He, he would prefer the scoring to be, you know, 14, 16 under, something like that. Um it feels like one of those courses where you gotta hit your long irons well, a lot of 175 yard shots, 200 yard shots in, par threes are long. Um, so I'm looking at guys like that, that are good long iron players, long off the tee, um, and play tough course as well. And there's a guy that I'm pinpointing on that exactly, and we'll get to him in a second. Um, so we mentioned the odds a little bit that that Rom is clearly the favorites. Um, he is at six and a half to one. 
Um, it's a well-earned number with how he's playing. Um, Scotty and Rory at nine to one are next. And then you've got a slew of guys between 20 and 30 to one. Those guys are Zalatoris, Morikawa, Xander, uh, Tony Finau, Patrick Hanley, Max Homa, JT, Jason Day, and Victor Hovland. Um, Johnny, from, from a betting standpoint, I know we never like to take the favorite. Um, and I don't know if I'll ever take John Rahm this year because he's going to be just too short to take. But um, this feels like a week where you would feel okay not taking him because of the lack of course history versus a guy like Scotty or Rory who have both won here in the last two, three years. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. Um, course fit and the fact that he hasn't played here. Um, and, and he's got to regress at some point, right? I mean, like laws of averages, you know, he's got to regress and not win, I would think, at some point. But I'm not going to bet him. Uh, he's not going to be on my card at all this week here just because I'm not sure. I guess if anybody under that 20 to 1, so we're looking at those top three there. Um, I know Scotty Scheffler did win last year, but he also repeated at um, at Waste Management. Do I think he's going to win this week? No, but, I mean, top 10 at plus odds. This golf course, it's going to be windy. Um, they're talking gusts to 20 miles an hour on Thursday, 30 plus miles an hour on Friday. And then the wind is going to shift and come from the north and it's going to get a little bit cooler and it's still going to be breezy. And so he, you know, he's a great driver of the ball, great ball striker, um, one of the best in the world. So maybe not on a wind bet because that seems a little bit short, unless I could somehow build it up to get him closer to 14 or 15, but I don't necessarily like him as a win. I like him though as a top ten at at plus money. Scott, um, are you in on Scheffler or Rory this week? Uh, I didn't like the way Scheffler. He seemed to have the lefts with the driver, in my opinion. I, I don't think you're going to be able to get away with that this week. I love him. No. Um, I, I do. I, I, you know, I I'm, I agree with you with Rory. Rory. One of the things with Rory is Rory hits his iron so high, and he's just so strong. He just always seems to think he can get at everything. And this is just not the golf course to do it. So could I see him playing well? I could. Um I kind of like out of the out of the 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 folks that you were talking about odds wise, I kind of like Tony Finau this week. I think he's ready to to play some really good golf. He looked good when uh when he's played this year to me. He looks like he's close. Um and I've got a long shot that I I think there's going to be a European that's going to have a great chance this year because of the weather that's coming, the wind, and somebody who hasn't really played that great, but I just feel like he's going to make a move this year is Tommy Fleetwood. I'm mm. waiting for a Tommy Fleetwood sighting. I just have been feeling it coming from him a little bit, and I think that it's going to be a Maddie Fitzpatrick or Tommy Fleetwood or Somebody like that is from that's a European player is going to play in this wind and play some good golf. God, I'd love it if you were right about Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to happen at some point in the U.S. I, it has to. It has to. Um, Johnny, the, the guys I mentioned in the in the 20s there, um, I, I already bet uh, Will Zalatoris. Um I, he doesn't have the history I would love on this golf course. He, I think he was like finished around 40th last year, but just the type of game mm -hmm. and translation of the golf course, whatever, what it, what it asks you to do. Uh, we know he plays tough golf courses very well. Uh, we've seen that from his performances in the majors. Um, we know he's 
one hell of an iron player, one of the five best iron players on the tour. And he's very, very long. And he has shown that he seems to be fully recovered from the back injury last fall. He had a good finish out in Hawaii and then uh, really came on strong at Riv. And he finished, he played better and better each day. So I like what I saw there. The, you know, the putting's always going to be a thing, at least for this year. It's going to give you, uh, if you bet, if you have money on him and he's in the league coming down the stretch, you are going to be so nervous <laughs> at every four-footer, and you're not going to want to watch, but that's part of the thrill of it. Uh, so I'm in on Will this week. I am too, and, you know, he played really good at Riv, um, especially those last three days, and I, I've always said he's a big game hunter. He plays really well on big you know, tough golf courses. And, you know, he's, I think he's that type of guy who is real, real well suited for that seven, eight, nine, ten 10 under par winning score. Um, you know, because he, he, he's got such a good all around game and, and yeah, the, the putting as we'll say, as long as this podcast goes and his career goes and everything is terrifying to watch, but he owns it though. And that's, that's what like, I, I can remember him at Southern Hills is hitting those weird looking putts, but making everything that he had to make because he just owns that putting stroke. And, you know, it's not, yeah. it's not pretty by any means, but it, it generally when he's mentally into it and, and fully focused and sees his lines and everything, you know, I, I, I trust him to make putts in, in these types of events. And this is the golf course that would fit his, his type of game there. And I'm going to go one more here. Um, is Colin Morikawa. I, I know he missed the cut at Scottsdale. He's, I, I think he's, he's getting close. I'm, I'm close to giving up on him. Like you are with, uh, with Aaron wise there, but <laughs> of those guys though, I think he's got the game to, uh, to, to, to win at this golf course. I mean, he can win at any golf course. You know, what am I saying there? But I think the game is, is close and, and it's just a little bit, you know, if he can just be an average putter for four days, you know, just don't, don't give shots to the field. Like, uh, like he had done for, uh, you know, starting with that, that final round at century and then, you know, going in through the West coast swing and everything, but he's a guy who I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with this week and I'm not going to give him any more chances here before I have to move on. But, uh, um, you know, I kind of like where he's at. (laughs) I like that pick Scott, going back to Zalatoris, what, I'm interested. What what is your explanation or your thoughts on 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 his short putting strokes? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> the quickness of it, the jabbiness of it. You mean? Oh, just everything. Uh, everything yeah. looks different than when he's over a 15 footer. You know, I, I I'm not a big fan of the arm lock with the claw. It just puts you in such a funky position. Everybody who puts that way, even. Um, uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. The tall, skinny guy that's the older guy that won the U.S. Open. Who am I talking? Who am I thinking of? Webb Simpson. Thank you. The guy from North Carolina. Even he, when he was winning the players a few years back, he looked funky over over putts, you know, and it's kind of a short jabby. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's bad enough that we don't want to see him with the short one, I suppose. I mean, I guess that's the crutch for him is to get it on his arm, but. I just would almost rather see him just put his hands on it normally with his right hand and see what that looked like. That I think that would look better, but um, I think he puts okay, guys. I don't think he's as bad as everybody says he is, in my opinion. I think he looks so. I, I don't think he looks nearly as bad as some people talk about. But yeah. man, when you hit it as good as him, 
you don't have to make as many, <laughs> you true. know, That's you just true. don't. I mean, it's kind of like what Ron went through when he was hitting it so good and he wasn't making quite as many and everyone was questioning his putting. And he was even saying, Hey, listen, guys, I'm hitting more greens than everybody. I mean, my putting stats are going to look a little funky, but yeah. I think he's a good pick. I really do. I like him just coming back from the injury and I'm not, you know, I think he's still probably got a little ways to go, but I sure like that kid. Um, Johnny, for, for, for time purposes, we're running close to, to an hour here. Um, past 30 to one, is there, is there anyone that, that you've pinpointed as, as a win bet or a guy to look out for for this week? Past 30 to one? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, I, I, I mentioned Terrell Hatton a couple of minutes ago. I, I don't love him in this elevated field, but he's one of those guys. Um, I, I do want to echo the Fleetwood pick. Um, didn't really consider him, but I was looking though uh, while you guys were were chatting, and he's had uh, three top tens here. Uh, finished twentieth last year, so he's got uh, he's got real good course history, and it does always seem that he does uh, does strike it real well here. So I don't know what his numbers at because I hadn't even looked at it yet. Seventy to one. Seven. I mean, that's a that's a that's a, that's, yeah. that's an auto bet right there. Yeah. Um, and then also um, one other guy, we'll go Keegan Bradley. He just, he just does stuff. He just does stuff and you hate it every single time. But I mean, uh, is it a bad bet though? I mean, no, 75 I to one. He's okay. What about he, Tom Kim? God, Keegan, man. I, I, is, is this course a little too long for Tom Kim? I think it's too long for him. I think just the lack of course history here. Yeah. He, he seems to get a little impatient when things aren't going his way. I think it's just the, the learning curve of, of becoming a PGA Tour golfer, kind of like you know, kind of like what John Rahm did, you know, when he got a little, he get a little irritated with his game or with a with a breaker or something like that. Maybe not to that effect, but I think it affects Tom Kim more. But mm-hmm. I think this is a a course though that maybe eventually, you know, if he can, maybe maybe he has to pick up a few more yards. But um, I'm confident Tom Kim isn't going to react to so, some of the things that John Rahm has reacted to or the, or in the manner he has, like, like last year at the, when I was at the Memorial and I almost saw John Rahm kill a cameraman when he tossed his club in the air. Oh man. <laughs> I have, I have half circled Cameron Young because I love Cameron Young and at 35 to one, it feels like a Cameron Young type of course. Um, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sold on it yet, but I'm, I'm debating that. We talked about Keith Mitchell before we, we went live. Johnny and I did. He's at 50. He's been playing phenomenal golf so far this, uh, this season. Played great at Pebble. I thought his play at Riviera was awesome for two Very days. Good. He went with Max Homa and John Robb, and I felt like he matched him shot for shot. He just, his putting really let him down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a great course history here. Is it too much of a, um, Everyone's on 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 the longer shot, Keith Mitchell. I don't know, but I, I like the way he's playing golf right now, so I'm, I'm interested in him. Um, down the board, though, I, I really don't have anything outside of fifty to one guys. I I was gonna ask I was gonna ask you guys last question with with who we've had winning the elevated events so far. It's just been it's been the stars. It's been the top guys. I mean, is that going to continue? You think? Go ahead, John. I, I think so for the most part. I mean, yeah, you know, we might get a couple couple questionable ones going in there, but I mean, with that first place prize money and the the fields that these guys want, they want to win these events. I mean, that's that's kind of the biggest thing. Yes, it is the prize money, but 
I mean, to come in there and, you know, these are, these are like WGC events, you know, as far as the strength of the field and everything. And right. I think these guys, they, they want to win this stuff. This is, this is what they're gearing uh, a lot of what their schedule towards when they don't have a major nearby. And, you know, we've got, we don't have one here for, for, uh, you know, several more weeks. So, you know, it's, it's a time, this is a time when these guys want to be playing well coming into Florida, you know, and they want to test their game because they got the players championship here in a week. And, and, you know, you get this, this event and then the next one, you know, two great events. So I think we'll see that for the most part, just because these guys, these, these top players are just so elite, but it would not surprise me that, you know, you get a, a guy, uh, not a journeyman, but a younger guy who, who does show up, but I think fewer and far in between. I think that'll be, I think that'll be pretty cool though. When that happens, that's what I'd like to actually see is these, these, these young guys make a name for themselves win the AI, you know, when, you know, with the FedEx cup points, the money, the notoriety and, and, you know, elevate their game and, and move it going forward. Final words, Scott. I, I mean, I listen, I think, I think this tournament brings the cream to the top. I mean, it all, it always seems to, in my opinion. So I think you're going to see a big name win this week. I really do. I, mean, I sure like Tommy Fleetwood and I'd love to see it too. And I think he's a good pick, but um. Yeah, I mean, listen. I, I honestly, it's hard to go against John Rom for me. I mean, he's just playing so good right now, and it when you're hitting it that good and you're that confident, or Rory, it it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're playing Bay Hill or you're playing the players or you're playing wherever. I mean, they're just so good. Um, I, I think it's going to be a hell of a golf tournament. I really do. I, I I've, I've been strolling through the field as we've been sitting here, and I mean. And, you know, you could pick, I mean, you can toss a coin on a lot of people here, in my opinion. I, I think there's just a strong field and we're going to see, we're going to see fireworks this week. We were talking about John Rahm last week that the strokes gain stats, um, just a lot of the metrics show he's playing some of the best golf in the last 25 years. I mean, it's no just, question. It, and the thing is, guys get on these heaters and we've seen it. They just, they keep winning. We saw it last year with Scheffler. We've seen it with DJ, Spieth, guys get on these runs. Jason Day back in the day. I mean, they they just find a way to win four out of six, four out of seven. So it may just be Rom's time again. Um, it, it's boy, when we get to the Masters, it's going to be hard not 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 to go John Rom's way when we when we go there. But uh, all right, boys, our Palmer Invitational, we did it. Uh, appreciate your thoughts, and uh, of course, being here uh, past ten o'clock on a Monday night. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Uh, your best bet, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, if you're interested in checking us out on video versus the podcast, always check us out on YouTube. We'll have our picks up on Wednesday for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.